magia está no ar. Vejo fogo na arena. O cavalo a selar. Isso é coisa de cinema. Invocada, um pingente no chapéu. Ouço uma oração. Sinto um pedaço do, do céu. <risos> Alô, galera de cowboy. Alô, galera de peão. Quem, Quem gosta, gosta de rodeio, bate, bate, bate com, com a mão. Welcome. Wow. I feel like you guys haven't heard me sing in a while. Yes, I know. They they've only been in grace with the glory of my voice for quite some like that's time. That's more than enough already. <laughs> for quite some time. So, who oh are we, these yeah. beautiful country singers? <laughs> anyone? Anyone from the south want to hire us? I have my black cowboy hat somewhere. So, I'm in the South, and I don't think they appreciate the level of art. <laughs> the level of commitment that we have to this cause. Yes. Exactly. We're singing country's music in a case that has nothing to do with, <laughs> nothing to do with country <laughs> at all. We've just been, I think, aching to sing that song for at least 50 episodes. Right exactly. We, we had to yeah. squeeze it into an episode, and this is it. You were the chosen one. Congratulations. Congrats. Oh my god, who are you? Well, who are we first? We're Suspiria. Uh, oh my god, that's true. You're Suspiria True Crime Podcast. I am Carol. And I am Stephanie. And this week we bring forward another case, another crime. Another one bites the dust. Not a surprise. Not yet, though. Mm -hmm. After we <laughs> tell you about the crime. Then maybe. Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about today? So uh, today we are covering the crimes committed by Eugenio Chipkovich. Don't speak Ukrainian. A Chipkevich? former doctor. Wow. Yeah, Chip. <laughs> this motherfucker. A former doctor born to Ukraine and he was later naturalized as a, you guessed it, a Brazilian citizen who was sentenced for sexually abusing his minor patience so no surprise this um episode comes with trigger warnings for those themes mm -hmm. all right don't be surprised we're talking about them mm -hmm. so yeah today's episode was based on the docuseries anatomy do, do crime also articles from folha de são paulo r7 isto é terra and wikipedia for name states etc etc you guys know that uh, oh my god what's the word The drill. Drill. Is that... Is, is that the, yeah. <laughs> All right. Eugenio... How do you say that again? Chipkevich? Chipkevich. Chip, Chip, Chipkevich. Piece of shit. Was his name really Eugenio? I think he changed... He probably changed his name once he naturalized. Because, like, when you become a U.S. citizen, yeah. they ask you if you want to change your name. So, I'm guessing it's the same in Brazil. They do, really? Mm-hmm. They ask if you want to change your name. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Not sure how I feel about that, but anyways, Eugenia <laughs> was born in the Ukraine on April 26th, 
1954, back when he was born, the Ukraine was still part of the USSR. His parents were part of the opposition to the regime, so they fled the country and moved to Brazil when he was still a small child. So, the family gained Brazilian citizenship. Mm-hmm. Eugênio attended the School of Medicine at the Universidade de São Paulo, which, as we have mentioned in previous episodes, is one of the most respectable universities in the country. So, he did have brains. It's really hard to and to get into USP. And I think medicine, from what I remember, medicine at USP is like the most competitive program and i mean i know there's like santa casa which is also really good at medicine but i don't remember if santa casa was just like you know internships or something but i think medicine and alusp is like the hardest one to get it's like if you some people they go through the test and stuff to get in just to see if they get in Mm -hmm. and even if they don't want to yeah, they just do the test because mm-hmm. I feel like USP's um USP's like testing thing is like one, um, why am I talking about this anyways? It's like <laughs> one big test for every single like uh major course that you want to attend, but uh, every each course has like a minimum score that's different, mm-hmm. like to pass the mm-hmm. test, you know. And I think um, the med school part of it is. Um, one of the highest, if not the highest score. So I would think so too. Again, it could be different from now, guys. I didn't do, do the test. I, I fled the country before I had <laughs> get involved in any of this. Anyways, once he graduated, he became the chief of the teen ward. I'm sorry, like this position is very hard to translate. At the Darcy Vargas Children's Hospital, which is located in the capital, São Paulo. He's also a member of prestigious associations such as the Society for Research on Adolescence here in the United States. Yeah. So, so he, he seems like a very involved person. Yeah, which he was. Reminds me of, yeah, reminds me of Abdelmasi. Yeah. The other doctor that we covered, that he is involved in every aspect of academia and like mm-hmm. he's very known as a person, as a professional from the start. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between these cases, um, Mm -hmm. as you guys will see. Um, But um, I think... No, I'm just going to reserve my commentary for the end of the episode because I don't want to (laughs) spoil it. So you guys are going to have to hear the whole thing. Anyway, so Eugenio introduced to the Brazilian medical community a field of medicine known as ebiatria which, as far as we know, doesn't really have an English translation, but it basically covers illnesses and concerns linked to teenagers. So that was his Mm -hmm. uh, focus group. He was named in the publication Who's Who in Science and Engineering as one of the most important scientists of the 20th century, along with other 2,000 scientists. So he was, like, a big deal. Eugenio set up shop at the Instituto Paulista da Adolescencia, where he had around 2,000 registered patients. His patients were both boys and girls between the ages of 8 and 16. So a pretty wide range of different demographics. Um, The clinic was set up in an affluent neighborhood of town. Since Eugenio... I forgot. Let me Google. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm. 
no, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> since he was very, very respected among the medical community, not only in Brazil, but abroad, as we said, and he had mm-hmm. several famous publications, it is no surprise that his client list was made up of those in the upper middle class or above. Um, each appointment with him was priced at around 240 reais, with uh, which, with inflation taken into consideration, totals around 150 US dollars today, which is you know, expensive. I'm so like anesthetized to US medical costs that the, that doesn't seem like too much for me. No, but that like sucks. for Brazilian, it, it's oh, a yeah. lot of money. No, for Brazil, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Just so you guys know, the Brazilian minimum wage is around like 220 US dollars monthly. So it's like almost a minimum wage. Yeah. Very, very select group would be (laughs) able to. Yeah. Whenever patients' parents called in to set up an appointment for their children with Eugenio, they were warned by the receptionist that said the appointments typically ran long. That's not too uncommon in Brazil. I feel like a lot of doctors, because it's like a little different in here, mm-hmm. you know? It's like they say, like, you know, set an hour and a half, like, at least. Mm-hmm. So I had a gynecologist, though. She was, like, the best. And she would, it was almost like a psychologist talking, you know? Like, would, she would talk about so many things and, like, actually, like, get to know you before looking at your vagina. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, she would, it, it was sex ed, like, the best sex ed of ever had you know it's a lot good. of like attention and that is seen as excellence brazilians i feel like usually we kind of like want our our money's worth yes on things definitely and it's like i'm paying 240 reais for this guy doesn't matter what problem my kid has he is solving every, every single, single one thing of my problems asking. yeah exactly they go with i see my mom does that she goes to doctors with like lists of, like, every single problem we had, like, you know, past yeah. five years. And that's something yeah. that, like, frustrates my parents a lot here. Because most of the time, like, totally. when I go to the doctors, like, especially because I have a lot of, like, I wouldn't say reproductive issues, but, like, issues in the nether regions. They usually just, like, look at <laughs> one uterus thing. uterus is cursed. Yeah. They, no, they look at yeah. one thing and they're like, <laughs> okay, well, you're having pain because of this. This is a prescription for your pain. And then I come home and my mom's like, okay, so which test did they do? I'm like, oh, they didn't. They just gave me, like, mm-hmm. pain medicine. She's like, what the fuck? Like, because in Brazil, you'll you say, oh, my finger hurts. And they will examine your whole body until mm-hmm. they find out, like, why the fuck your finger hurts. So. Yeah. Which is not to say one thing is better than the other, but it's just different. Yeah. So it might seem, like, very odd that... Um, regular doctor's appointment would just run for like an hour for someone that had never been through a doctor over there you know yeah but it's just the way it is like this is not too odd that's what we're trying to say oh and before someone from brazil comes in saying blah 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 the public health care system isn't like this we're not talking about the public health care system because this yeah, is a fucking private. private doctor so exactly yeah which isn't it crazy stuff that you and i moved here where we don't have that <laughs> yeah we gave up no i mean it's is it's not good yeah the healthcare system i've used it and i never had any problems yeah but it, it feels good to see to like know that you have something that you can fall back on just in case yeah 
Exactly. You know? Anyways. A- anyways, even if they had it here, it wouldn't be for us, too. Yeah, because we broke. <laughs> you know? So it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Irrelevant. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, his um, appointment's been really long, but unbeknownst to the parents, there was a darker motive behind the length of the visits. However, up until March of 2002, there were no complaints made to the authorities regarding any sort of misconduct on the doctor's part. Cristiano Gustavo, a a telephone technician, was working up on a pole in the Jardim's neighborhood when he saw a big black plastic bag in a square shape. He thought it was weird, and once he was done working, he walked towards the bag and decided to open it. Because, by the way, if you guys don't know about this, before we say what's in the bag... What's in a bag? Trash, yeah, trash, like trash bags and everything in Brazil, it's almost like it stays out in the open. We don't have, like, big, like, trash cans, you know? We have trash collection devices, mm-hmm. but like if you're putting your trash out, like you know how here you put your trash out like on a little bin and you roll it out of your driveway. Yeah. We don't have that. You just pile up to trash bags in the- In a corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. No, but they have, I mean, I don't know if they have that in Belo Horizonte, but in Sao Paulo they have like some- Baskets? It's it's like, yeah. A ba- like a metal basket? <laughs> Not like, yeah, a metal basket that stands like mm-hmm. off the floor. So. Yeah. Animals yeah. don't get to it. Because also, guys, if you did, didn't know, you can't flush toilet paper in Brazil. So those trash bags are pretty disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just imagine. Anyways. Um, the guy thought the bags were the bag was super weird and he checked it out. And in the bag, there were numerous VHS tapes. Since the labels on each of them were blank, the men thought that the tapes were brand new and whoever tossed them no longer needed them. 2002 is still very, like, common to use VHSs, yeah. VHS tapes in Brazil. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think I only, like, I only saw a DVD becoming, like, really popular in 2005, I would say. Exactly. Yeah. Up until then, like, digital camera, like, it was all yeah film. So it's really, like, when I say that I'm not a Gen Zer, it's because there was a technological <laughs> delay. delay. Yeah. There was. I am. I identify as a millennial <laughs> because of that delay. All my, like, uh, my childhood in the late nineties, right? Mm-hmm. But it's as if I was born in like the early nineties. Yeah, makes no difference. It is exactly no difference at all. You should Zero. make. You should make a, a T-shirt that says "I identify as a millennial." Hashtag delay technology. <laughs> Hashtag I'm not a Gen Zer. Hashtag yeah. I don't relate to these kids. Yeah. Like really, I don't. Re- I can't. I just can't relate to these kids, man. <laughs> no, Steph's a millennial. She understands it. Yes, because <laughs> we have an age gap. Okay, this is an age gap relationship. Yeah. So, anyways, let's go back to the story. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, Christian, the telephone technician, figured that he would take them home and reuse them for his own family videos. Cristiano was only able to get a VHS player almost a month later. So he decided to run them and just to make sure they weren't damaged or anything. And the images on the tape left him just completely dumbstruck, shocked. Ruined his life. Could you imagine? Yeah. Like, you can't bounce back. Yeah. You just can't bounce back from that. Especially because, like, like, it's very odd. I don't know about you, 
Carol, but like I don't think mm. I've ever seen a VHS tape with a blank label in my life. <laughs> like I don't think I've seen one. <laughs> There's always one that says yes. Stephanie's birthday, two thousand one. A trip to the zoo, nineteen ninety seven, or mm. something like. There's always a label. So like, always. If you see a blank one, you're like, oh, I guess a store threw them out or something. Like what the fuck? Anyway. On the tapes, there were over 15 recorded hours of the most unthinkable acts being committed by a man against boys. The victims were approximately 35 different boys. Cristiano then decided to hand over the tapes to a local TV station and see if they could figure out a way of uncovering the identity of the people on the tapes. Not the police? No, not the police, the TV. Because you know, you know how Why Brazilians would... are. They love like sensation, sensation, sensationalismo. They love that shit. So like, I don't know why he didn't hand it to the police, but he decided to hand it to the TV station. Yeah, but I just don't understand that thought mechanism that he thought that the TV was capable to like see who these people are, not the police. Don't try like, to you make know? sense of people. <laughs> Care. Yeah. You know by now people make zero sense. So <laughs> I should have yeah. So on March 20th, 2002, March 20th is my aunt's birthday, but she doesn't talk to me anymore, so she can go fuck herself. The infamous Programa do Ratinho showcased part of the videotapes in an effort to locate oh, the perpetrator. It was 47-year-old Eugenio Shipkovich, who was seen sedating patients and then abusing them which sidebar if you haven't heard us talk about Programa do Hachim before Programa do Hachim especially mm. in 2002 it was really big like really big mm. it was where you know how Mori has a DNA test Programa do Hachim did that he did a bunch of ghost stories too he did um, yeah. like investigation like discovery type of thing so it was like a mix of everything and it was on I think it was on at 8 yeah it was on at 8 because it was at the same time as Jornal Nacional and it beat Jornal Nacional mm-hmm. several times so it was like a big Beating fucking Jornal deal Nacional is big man yeah it was a big fucking deal mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. such a big deal that all of this happened so on March 26 only six days later Secretary Regina Celia Brasil Correa, who had worked for Eugenio for 18 years, identified seven of the 35 victims on the tapes. The oldest tape found dated back to August of 1995. So whoever was on that tape, like, wasn't even a minor anymore. They were like a full-grown adult. This is like seven years before. Like, crazy. So, Regina wasn't too sure of the identity of the other 28 victims, so police decided to investigate Eugenio's client list a little bit further in order to figure out who they were. Regina had never suspected anything at all, and she even let her own children be treated by Eugenio. That's how much she trusted them. Yeah. Um... So sheriff, uh, again, we're using the word sheriff because that's like the easiest way to translate this. But uh, Vigilio Guerrero Neto watched all of the tapes, every single one of them. And he was unable to identify any girls among the victims in the tapes. On the 21st, so only one day after the news thing, 
Eugenio canceled all of his appointments and a note was found in his clinic that stated, I am very worried because D, D is the initial of his uh, then 10-year-old son, has seen the tapes and he's very upset. So it's believed that this was a note that Eugenio himself wrote, but it wasn't signed. Police examined mm. This doesn't make any sense to me. What? Why would he write that? I don't fucking know. Like, to who was this fucking note? Like, is this supposed to, like, make anything better for him? Because I don't know. son's upset. I don't know. Like, it, he's it, seen it, the tape. And that's your fucking fault. Because guess what? You, you taped. Were, yeah, exactly. You're a pedophile. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't signed, so they couldn't oh. prove that it was him. But it was, like, in his office. And it, it's, like, a very, like, mm. weird-ass cryptic note. Like, who the fuck cares? Maybe he was <laughs> writing a note yeah. to his wife or something. I don't know. Uh, but Just leave it there and hope that she'll find it someday, maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. But police, like, tracked down his son and then examined him to ensure that he wasn't another victim, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, which well, of is... Of course, he wouldn't do that. His own son, right? Yeah. So, once police came over Eugenio's house, they found him packing his bags and a bunch of suitcases were lined up for his departure. Thinking he was such a smartass, Eugenio gave the cameras he had used during the visits to his assistant, Aparecido Tomás Avelar, who very quickly handed it to the police. And she was not considered an accomplice for the crimes. How did he manage to not only abuse the children, but also film them? So, where were the parents? That's the question everyone's been asking for the last minutes, but... Uh, the average appointment with Eugenio lasted around two hours. The parent or guardian who brought the child into the clinic was allowed to stay in to answer basic questions regarding the child's medical history, etc. But when it came time for the physical exam, Eugenio discouraged them from staying in the room. He used the excuse that children or teens would be embarrassed to answer certain intimate questions in front of their parents. Once the adult was out of the room, he sedated them using midazolam. Midazolam? Midazolam, I think. I don't... Midazolam. I had to translate it because it has a different name in Portuguese, so... (laughs) And proceeded to blindfold them. He got this little camera out and... He would get his little camera ready and started abusing them. Although he had quite a bit of alone time with his patients, Eugenio couldn't completely knock them out since they ha- they would have to return to the guardians and go home. So he didn't give them a really high dose of midazolam. Most of the children felt completely asleep through the entire time they were being abused. However, some of them were still a little bit conscious as he sexually assaulted them. Some children complained to their mothers that he had picked them up or grazed his beard against Yeah. (sighs) Yikes. Mm -hmm. Eugenio then would tell the concerned mothers that he administered he had administered some medication to the children, and one of the side effects was that it made them a little bit drowsy and susceptible to hallucinations. Yeah. And what sucks is that if a doctor tells you that, you're like, yeah, sure, huh? Yeah, because it's a doctor, especially like a famous doctor. You're going to be like, heck yeah. Like, this guy has like so many articles, like 
he's expensive as fuck he's in this like very like affluent neighborhood so if he's saying this then i'm gonna believe it yeah and he's probably a very charming person that captivates you and you trust him a hundred percent again if the parents didn't trust the guy they wouldn't leave the kid alone yeah but like can you imagine like once all of this came out all the moms who had like a kid was like hey like he picked me up like he put me on his lap dude like, can you mm-hmm. imagine, like, the mom, they must have felt, like, awful because they were tricked, like, twice. Once into, like, leaving yeah. the kids there and then the second time into believing this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And not believing your kid and, like, you know, saying, yeah, yeah. This is, you're just crazy. This is just hallucinations. Yeah. Yeah. This is awful. So, a key figure in uh, Eugenia's arrest was 39-year-old real estate agent Josimedi Barros. Back in November of 2001, she had taken her only child, a 16-year-old boy, to the very prestigious clinic of Dr. Shipkovich. I'm not, like, I'm just going to call him Dr. Bezoshit from now on. Um, (laughs) She had just purchased a health insurance plan for her son. So, in Brazil, um, health insurance is not, like, having a health insurance plan is not mandatory Mm -hmm. because we have a public... um, health system so like if you don't have a plan mm-hmm. that's no problem like you just go to the public clinic or whatever and it's free yeah uh which has but its... people still opt to like go to the to have a um, yeah health plan and stuff because the quality is it's better. just a tad bit a little a little 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 better yeah you know and it's like i mean you guys know it's uh you can count on private practitioners a little better over there than uh yeah the public doctors yeah and like so, to insert myself into the story as i always do hi mom um <laughs> so like i remember like because when my parents didn't live here i didn't have a, a health plan i just went to the public doctors mm-hmm. and whenever they took my blood it was awful because like the nurses i, I like shout out to all the nurses out there i know like a lot of you are in this profession because you love like caring for people but like the nurses that dealt with me they did not care for people because the way they would poke me it was like they would basically like stab me multiple times trying to find a vein and like i was a little Mm -hmm. kid so i remember that first time i went to um a private like doctor's office once my parents were here and um i had like a health plan i was terrified because they had to draw my blood and i was like oh my god i remember like all those times my mom took me to the doctor and it hurt so bad and like i would cry so much i like looked away and the girl drew my blood and then she was like okay now you're gonna do this and that i'm like well aren't you gonna draw my blood she was like well i already did and i was like <laughs> how i didn't feel any pain she was like um anyway so yeah that, that's just like a little bit of the difference between private and public health as far as my experience is so anyway so uh jose Mary had just like purchase uh health insurance for his son and she wanted him to be checked up by a doctor who wasn't necessarily a pediatrician because he was already a teen so she didn't really feel like pediatricians would like cater to him as well as like a different type of doctor um eugenia was the only doctor specialized in teenager that she found in the phone book and since his clinic was nearby she decided to schedule an appointment for him once on the phone with the secretary, Hygiena, she was warned that the visits took a little long and that she should bring 
his uh, immunization records to the appointment with her. So, Jose Mady uh, answered Eugenio's routine questions about her son's health, his allergies, and even her labor for around 15 minutes. She was then asked to leave the room so the child could have more privacy, to which she obliged. She stated, I thought this was normal because I figured my son would want to tell the doctor things that he wouldn't tell me. Teenagers don't mm-hmm. always want to tell their parents everything. Which, yeah. by the way... Like, the doctor might ask, like, you know, are you sexually active and kid might lie i don't think my mom would ever step out of the room like i my mom has never been asked to i've never asked her or a doctor has never asked her but i don't think my mom my mom would be like no i'm staying here thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah she'll probably tell me after she listens to this she'll be like "Uh, i don't think so but i don't think (laughs) i think my mom would be like yeah i'm gonna sit here (laughs) So I'm just sitting in the back, okay? Yeah, I'm like, just gonna put my headphones in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so she thought it was strange that the private talk between Eugenio and her son was taking a little too long. She had been waiting for over an hour and a half before she mm-hmm. remembered what she had been told over the phone. Once Eugenio was done talking to her son, he reprimanded Jose Mady for not having vaccinated the boy against hepatitis. Fuck off. Yeah, the woman stated that. He left me in an awkward position to the point where my son questioned why he hadn't been vaccinated. I felt like the worst mom in the world. So he basically, like, humiliated her. Eugenio even Just one vaccine. Yeah. Like, over one vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very... uh, In Brazil, every kid... At least, no... Up until very recent years, every kid had, like, all the vaccines. All of them. Like, 100%. It's, like, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, Brazil is. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's very odd for one kid to not have one of the vaccines he's supposed to. Yeah, right? but like, there's no Which need for just... you to talk down on the mom. Like, fuck exactly. Off. Like, who the hell dare you? He even had the audacity of offering her a ten percent discount for the next visit because of the school vacation. She had to delay said visit, which ended up never really happening. Which was good for her son. Um, mm-hmm. Jose Mary was among the spectators of Programa do Hachim who saw the snippets of the tapes. Mm-hmm. She panicked, asking her son what happened at his appointment. And the boy stated that he had been asked whether he did drugs, if he went out with girls, if he was a virgin, mm-hmm. whether he was straight or not, and if he had ever felt attracted to one of his guy friends. That's so inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, she then called the producers of the show and gave them Eugenia's full name and his clinic's address. Like, there right away. Go. Yeah. Eugenia was arrested on March 21st. In his first official testimony to the police on the 27th, he stated that he had committed no crime. His testimony was split up in two parts. In the first, he was asked about the crimes he'd committed and said he would only speak about it in court. The second part was a basic questionnaire about his personal life. Officers inquired as to whether he felt any remorse for his crimes, to which he said no, since he hadn't committed any. Sure, Jan. Yeah. He was also asked if he used any drugs or alcohol and then stated that he hadn't because he was innocent. Irrelevant much? 
Yeah. He was formally indicted on the very same date and refused to watch snippets of the tapes once he was shown them by the police. According to Virgilio, once the officers popped the first tape into the player, Eugenio looked down to the floor and asked not to be shown the content of the tapes because they don't want to see your fucking hard dick. Like, right? Like, oh my god, this is too, traumati- tra- too traumatizing for me. Like, I can't see all of these kids being molested and raped because this is absurd. Like, go fuck mm-hmm. yourself. Like, it's not like you it didn't watch them at home, me. you piece of shit. Exactly. It just baffles me that, like, he recorded it all for mm-hmm. <laughs> what reason, right? Like, you're fabricating evidence congratulations but like there was only so many tapes but can you imagine how many kids he did before he taped them yeah i wonder um i should probably save this for the end but like they didn't find any other Mm -hmm. tapes but i do wonder like how many other tapes maybe he got rid of and like people weren't curious to open the bags you know what i mean yeah or they just didn't check. They just, like, recorded it right over it. Yeah. 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 Short, shortly before his arrest, Eugenio was about to release a new book called Adolescence. The Secrets Your Children Don't Tell. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. This was set to release... The, this release was set to happen at the biggest literally literary literary event in the country, but the publication was halted for very obvious reasons. Vera Sconamiglio. I think it's a Vera Lasagna name. Um <laughs> Vera Scoliosis, who was one of the co-authors of the book stated that she would never have ever thought Eugenia was capable of such thing. Of course, right? The passage of the books, a passage of the book says, unfortunately, sexual abuse and incest occur a lot more frequently than most would like to admit. And in speaking of sexual abuse, we don't restrict ourselves to only sexual relations, but to any type of sexual contact, act, or game. This clearly shows that Eugenio knew damn well that what he was doing was wrong. Yeah. And, like, this is, like, it's not, obviously, not a novel, guys. This is, no, this is obviously not a yeah, novel. it's like a medical it's, book. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they're, like, analyzing adolescence. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things in the book. Like, yeah. s- some of the um, news pieces uh, back then state that, like, this book was basically him writing an open letter about all the things that he liked to do with kids because it talks a lot about like how children don't report abuse and like how abusers Mm. get to children so yeah which is like makes me sick to my stomach anyway uh this is a lot yeah this is a lot like this guy's like his trial was finalized in 2004. Um, his defense team alleged that the videos did not show sexual abuse, but rather <laughs> clinical procedures, which could be mistaken for abuse. Like, what kind of clinical procedure involves you fondling children, raping them, 
Like, what are you studying? What are you trying to clinically assess when you stick your penis into a kid? I just hope these lawyers are really proud of themselves for the money they made with this, you know? Like, like I hope they're happy, but, like, how how can you say that, you know? How can you defend someone like that? Like, it makes no fucking sense. This this is why I could never be a, a defense attorney or a prosecutor, because I don't want to defend pieces of shit, and I don't want to put innocent people in jail. So there's yeah. that. I mean, one thing is to like try to reduce the thing and like make sure that your client has rights and everything, but like this is literally flipping the narrative to like completely erase a part of like some kids like trauma and say like no, this is not wrong, you know? Like saying that what the guy did is not wrong is like yeah, like you know, no. this is actually just a medical procedure. And it's like, well, do you would do you let him do that to your kids? Exactly. Exactly. If it's a medical procedure, let's find a doctor that will do the very same medical procedure to your child. Exactly. Exactly. So Eugenio also admitted to being bisexual, which has nothing to do with a pedophile. But okay, like that's one of the things that he wanted to bring forward during his trial, thinking that it was going to help his case. But like, Is it like a sympathy thing or that? I'm guessing so. However, the judge gave no fucks about this and sentenced him to 128 years in prison and also requested that he pay a fine. He was officially sentenced for charges of indecent assault with presumed violence since his victims were in a state of consciousness that made it impossible for them to defend themselves. His defense... I mean, it's impossible for them to defend themselves as is because they're kids. Yeah. You know, so... But still, his uh, defense team appealed the decision and his sentence was reduced to 114 years. So, <laughs> jokes on you, bitch. Uh, in yeah. 2007, his defense team entered a habeas corpus motion with the Supreme Court requesting that the whole process be annulled. Since the justice <laughs> system in Brazil is slow as fuck, even if you're rich and influential, mm-hmm. in 2013, so six years later, the court decided that this motion was unnecessary and dismissed it. 2018, defense attorneys tried to ask for an acquittal, stating that they hadn't had access to the tapes used against Eugenio. Motherfucker, you just said that the tapes showed <laughs> clinical procedures. Like, make up your yeah, mind. Exactly. <laughs> like, the request was denied. Surprise, the motherfucker surprise. tried once again. Now, in May of this year, 2019, to get his sentence commuted to a semi-open one, which we've explained here before, basically means you go mm-hmm. out and you do whatever, come back to the jail and sleep there. But thankfully, it was denied. The judge who made the decision stated that only a team of psychiatrists and psychologists can assess whether or not a felon can benefit from the semi-open regime. And this has not mm-hmm. happened in Eugenio's case as of yet. I mean, it sucks to, like, know that he probably will be getting out soon anyways. It's been, like, you know, 10 years. And this is, like, a very serious case. But, yeah, like, you know, give it five years. You guys are going to hear us talking about this. Yeah. How he got out. It's been 15 years, so I'm surprised he's not out. I know, right? Yeah. I'm kind of surprised he was sentenced to 100 years. Yeah, me too. But also happy. (laughs) Yeah, flashback to last episode 
where a person was literally killed and people spent six years in jail. Which is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So although the parents and guardians of the victims were notified of the events that took place once the boys were identified, not all of Eugenia's victims are aware of what happened to them. Some of them have never been told the truth. Child sexual abuse can affect not only the victims, but also the victim's family. So in a way, it can be understandable that a parent would choose to keep this from their child. If said child has no recollection of the truth. Of the truth. Yeah, because like, how do you break in, you know, guess what? You know, sit down, son. Uh, you've been abused. Yeah. You know? You don't remember any part of it, but yeah, it happened. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I wouldn't... I I... I understand. I totally understand. Hopefully, the victims who are aware of, who are aware of what happened to them have been given the appropriate help and resources to overcome this, and hopefully, Eugenio will rot in prison before he's eligible for release because this is exactly what he deserves. Yeah, he's a mm-hmm. piece of shit. So. Yeah, what I was going to say about this case and Abdel Masi, mm-hmm. which if you haven't uh, heard, go Definitely listen, listen to, to that Abdel Masi. Um, yeah. I think what makes this different is exactly this. Like, Abdel Masi, like, the majority of his victims are either aware of what happened or they have a suspicion mm-hmm. that something happened. And they just weren't believed them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But with uh, this uh, Eugenio piece of shit, like some kids have absolutely like no clue whatsoever many of them like since he had kids from 8 to 16 many of them might not even know the name of the full name of their doctor so they wouldn't like link one and one and be like oh wait a minute didn't i go to that doctor you know Mm -hmm. what i mean especially if it's been like such a long time so i think that's what yeah makes them so different from one another and also like with abdomacy since uh his victims were aware they were the ones who initiated a process against him with this guy Mm -hmm. if that telephone dude had never popped those tapes into a vhs player Mm -hmm. no one would have Mm -hmm. ever known exactly and he might even still be raping boys and molesting them until right now oh most definitely yeah which is wild yeah it's crazy (sighs) i feel like i have a lot of hope though for you know this the moment that the world is in right now that we're like teaching people about consent and teaching uh kids and parents about what's normal and what's not Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone's like a little more aware that there's predators everywhere and predators, especially in places that they get access to kids. Yeah. You know, and in and positions so of authority, may- too. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not just because you feel like you can trust someone that that person can be trusted. Yeah. So I really like to think that these cases and also like what's the guy that abused like the US gymnastics team? I always forget his name. Yeah, that piece of shit. I don't remember his name, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. I like to think that more and more kids are becoming more aware of, you know, what's okay, what's not, what's consent and what's not because I wasn't taught consent, you know. And then like when some things happened to me, like I didn't know they were wrong until years later that I was like, "Wait, 
I shouldn't have been through that. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the situations like with like doctors and all, but like, you know, um, I can tell that story someday. I feel like it's so little next to what happened here that, you know, um, not, not pertinent, not relevant, but like, I don't know. It's, it gives me hope that we're a little more informed, not placing the blame on the victims and not saying that they were misinformed, you know, mm-hmm. they're victims, like they're, they didn't deserve what happened to them over there. But again, as I said, I'd like to think that in the upcoming years and for the upcoming generations, uh, these lines of what's appropriate and what's not are going to be a little more clear. Yeah, yeah. And shit like this is not going to be as prevalent, hopefully. Exactly. Exactly, hopefully. And, like, one thing that I, like, it really sickens me about this whole case is that not only was he in a position of power, obviously, for, like, being a rich white dude in an affluent part of neighborhood and, like, being an adult and they were kids, but, like, he's a little literal doctor, if your doctor tells you you need to take this pill, you're gonna be like, "Hell yeah, I'll take that pill." Twice, yeah. Like, yeah. so like it was very smart of him. I don't want to like congratulate him on this, but like it was very smart of him to even if the, I feel like even if the parents were there and he was like, "Oh, your kid needs mm-hmm. to take this," they'd be like, "Sure." You know what I mean? Because like, who's gonna question a doctor mm-hmm. when he tells you that you need to take something? Just like with the U.S. Uh, gymnastics team, um, some of the stuff that I heard about him is that, like, he would do these quote-unquote exams and, like, the girls would be like, oh, that hurts or, oh, that's bothering me. And he'd be like, oh, no, that's normal. That's how the exam works. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's a doctor. How are you going to tell trust. a doctor yeah. that he's wrong and you're right because you feel mm-hmm. that's weird? you're not and you're a kid like you want you don't want to bother like you don't want to complain like you don't want to fucking create a scene exactly exactly so yeah he's very smart of this piece of shit to do this oh my god i hate these types of cases man because then i get like so upset afterwards (laughs) get so worked up like where the fuck is this guy let me go find him i'm gonna beat his ass up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just feel bad for his family. Um, like I was when I was researching about this, I read that like they wanted to be very cautious about how they questioned his wife because they didn't want they obviously wanted to find out if she knew anything, which she didn't. Mm-hmm. But like they didn't want her to feel like she was guilty for not realizing that he was mm-hmm. doing this, which happens a lot. Like women are blamed for a lot of bullshit Mm -hmm. for no fucking reason like with the i think it was with the post shooting they were like blaming his wife because like she didn't warn police about something and like no don't don't blame the wife like you blame the the Mm piece like she has nothing to do with this so i appreciated this i hope that um they were able to get a new identity because that last name is very like very unique um so i hope that they were able to start their lives somewhere else obviously i feel for the victims because ultimately like Mm -hmm. they were the most affected by this but i just just hope that like his son isn't 
constantly reminded that this person is his father. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, do you want to talk about something good? Maybe. Tech pics. Something good that happened. My trackpad batteries just mm. died. So I'm like trying to figure What's out. What's a trackpad? Hmm? This. What's a trackpad? It's for your computer. Oh, like from the the, the computer. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's great. Um, Something good that happened this week. I, I have a thing good that happened this week. What? How do you not know? Steph, we launched another podcast. Oh, right. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, looking at her, like, what are you, to- what happened? I'm like, did she get a puppy? Did I forget that she she got a puppy? Like, oh my God. No. Is it a puppy? There's other good things in this earth, not puppies, you know? I highly doubt They're not that. puppies. Yeah. But we Anyways, did. Anyways, guys. We launched a new Yeah, podcast. now we have a true crime podcast in Portuguese. Yeah. Or Brazilian, yeah, we, as some people try to say. Huh. And we have about, I don't know, five people to listen to us that are from Brazil. So if you guys haven't, like, saw seen on social media, I think Steph posted it. Yeah, I um, posted. And we will, after this episode comes out, we post it on Suspiria, the link and everything, and you guys can listen to it. It's on iTunes already. It's everywhere. And you guys can go and, like, listen to it. Last week we did Jeffrey Dahmer as the first episode, and and we said we're never gonna talk about Jeffrey Dahmer ever. Yeah, <laughs> right? but we had to. I love how we used to say we never talk about these cases, but I mean it's different. There's not many people covering it on over there. You know, we're like only like maybe the fifth two crime podcast in Brazil. Yeah, so. it's a different demographic, guys. Yeah, so different don't... demographic. The different different market. Okay, so this last week we did Jeffrey Dahmer. This week we're doing um. What they're, um, the, the Grimes sisters. sisters, yeah, yeah, and and in spoiler for next week, if you're a superior listener, you get the spoiler. Yeah, next week we're doing Catherine Knight. Yeah, so it's exciting. It's so, so that's exciting. exciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you guys want to listen to it, feel free. If you understand Spanish, maybe played us like half speed. We're gonna understand what we're saying because mm-hmm. our Portuguese is not. Uh, very difficult, but we use a lot of slang. So yeah, yeah. If you want to learn from the practice, I don't know who knows. Yeah, then, I and, mean, if yeah. you want to learn the most useless slang, just kidding, <laughs> mom. I did not say that about Portuguese. My mom will get mad. But um, yeah. Mm. If you want to hear us, like, show us some support. Even if you don't speak Portuguese, you can always mm-hmm. like just give us like five stars on iTunes and leave us a positive review. I'm very happy to um to announce proudly announce for all of you who follow our reviews mm. that we so far we don't really have any negative reviews for Suspiria and hopefully know, right? that will not happen uh with yeah. our other podcast which we, we didn't say the name of it Tupini Creamy Tupini Creamy yeah that's the name of it T U P I crime Tupini Creamy Mhm no T U P I N I Crime to be me creamy, uh, to be creamy, yeah, to be <laughs> to you, yeah, to you, be cr- creamy, crime, crime, yeah. So yeah. yeah, and I'm very happy. Like I know that we like <laughs> nag you guys all the time about leaving reviews, which some of you mm-hmm. might be like, oh fuck you guys, but it really helps us. Like 
It does. Jump through the charts. You know, we know that we aren't the biggest podcast out there, but we really appreciate mm-hmm. our audience because we yeah. know you guys like actually enjoy listening to us. It's not because mm-hmm. we're spamming you with bullshit posts or anything like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, we appreciate you. We see you mm-hmm. and we love you and we value you and... Yes. If any of you want to buy me nachos, this is my address, 123 Main <laughs> Street. Um, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, we really like uh, that you guys press play and choose to hear our voices every week. It's kind of bizarre, really, you know? Yeah. But that's fine. We appreciate it. And we really enjoy listening to your feedback. And, you know, if you want to tell us what you like about the podcast or just you guys are good on, this, on um, iTunes, you can definitely uh tell us and we will always appreciate you so yeah if you haven't already go and leave us a five star itunes review and with that we transition to the next part of this podcast we're all excited for it the shout outs hey this week we have quite a few so allison larisa claudia carolina another carolina we it's we we're three right now there's (laughs) Me, this Carolina that we shouted out, the Carolina from like two weeks ago, and we're a little club. I think we can just create a whole Facebook group just for the three of us. I think that's good. Carolina Astrid, yeah, Marina, <laughs> Natalie, Felicia, Jessica, Carlos, Diane, and Jesus. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. Not just this, but maybe all the episodes that you listen. It always, um, it's always really good to see the place going up and the downloads going up the numbers and everything yes exactly mm-hmm. so we're, we're happy. yeah i don't we never talk about the numbers guys but this week's but not this week this year so far we got almost thirty thousand plays already yeah it's crazy it is crazy to think that thirty thousand people made the conscious choice to listen to us in our voice Right? It's not 30,000 people, but 30,000 times. Yeah, and our beautiful singing and like eloquence and me stuttering over words and making it sound like I don't even speak English. (laughs) Like, happens. Yeah, I mean, no, you read better than I do, though. So it's... (laughs) No, it's funny because like one of my friends like listened to this and he Mm -hmm. was like, doesn't even sound like you because you don't... (laughs) You don't sound like that in real life. And I'm like okay whatever that's supposed to mean dude matt told me today that i have a podcast voice and i'm like what the, though i don't like I, <laughs> I i i feel like i speak like this in real life yeah i'm like this is me 100 percent. yeah usually i'm, I'm way more i maybe moody, say though. things a little slower and announce things a little better like i feel like in real life i'm just blah, 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 and like yeah. if he understands any word it's luck you know Oh my god! But <laughs> I'm very worried about my trackpad because how the hell am I supposed to stop recording? Help me, Jesus! <laughs> I, mean, I I think we're just gonna keep talking until she figures it out. Yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. end this so I can uh, go look. I'm literally in my underwear and I'm gonna like crawl through the floor looking for batteries. So, you okay. guys, I'm gonna end mine and hope that yours ends too. No, it's not because I have to like it's hit not. the thing. Yeah, okay. but I- I'll cut okay, it. So I'm gonna I-, end mine I will know when to cut it. Say cut. Okay. Pam, Pam, say, say cut. cut. Pam. 
<laughs> okay, guys. See you guys later. Okay. I hope you guys have a good end of the world. Until next week. Goodbye. Ciao. Laters, haters. Ciao. Thank you for listening to another episode of Suspiria, a true crime podcast. If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SuspiriaPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Ciao.